Hey everybody, how you doing? Have you had enough of lockdown? <laughs> I certainly have. I've got a word for you today. I really think what I'm gonna share could really help us to get our minds around how to get out of lockdown as individuals and as a church. And so um, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty strong word. Uh, but I think it could really help us in this season to step into everything that God wants to do with us. Um, you know, when you look through the pages of the Bible and you look at lockdown in the Bible, whether it's Noah lockdown in the ark or, or the Passover, which was a lockdown, then the children of Israel came out of Egypt the next day, or whether it's um, the disciples lockdown in the upper room and then the church is birthed. Lockdown always precedes an era change in the Bible. Think about that. Wherever there's a lockdown, there's been an era change. And so th that's great theory, isn't it? But what we need to do is step, or as I put it earlier, march out of lockdown into everything that God has got for us. Just think about this for a minute. You and I, psychologists would say, the way that we live is that we are, we are living in this narrative, this storyline that is our lives. And it's, it's different for every one of us, but the world is full of so much information, we can't possibly take it all in. So how we live is we have a storyline and we're, we're living this story out. And for Christians, we're living it out with God and he is leading us into this story that is our lives. But six months ago, COVID happened, pandemic, lockdown happened. And for many people, not all, but for most people, the storyline has been massively interrupted. And I don't know about you, it's like the depths of lockdown at the beginning was now comparatively easier than how we work our way out of lockdown and into something that looks mighty and healthy and enjoyable in God. Well, what I want to share today is hopefully going to give you your storyline back. It's going to give you your narrative, how you were made to live. I want to talk about some of your original design in God. And this message is titled Training for Reigning because you were made to reign and I want to explain what that means. My scripture for today is Genesis 1 and it's verses 26 to 28 and God makes man and here's the description of that moment in the Bible. It says this, verse 26, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Listen, why? God made mankind so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Basically, everything that was there at that time, because it was a newly made world, man was made to rule over. Verse 27 says, so God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Listen to that. Words like rule, words like subdue the earth and it ends rule over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves along the ground. You and I were made to rule and to reign. Now, most of us, 5,000 years on from, from this story and this narrative, most of us have experienced plenty of 
poor expressions of authority and rulership, haven't we? And so we, we know that the concept of authority and rulership has been skewed, has been turned into something quite poor in many of our thinking. So when I say you're supposed to rule, Let's say that half of us might kind of feel comfortable with that, but there's another part in every one of us that goes, yeah, but that can also, it sounds like wielding power or, you know, chucking my weight around and getting my way. But look at the context of what was happening when God said, we're going to make man and he's going to rule, he's going to subdue. What actually happened was God put man in a garden and had him tend the garden and care for the garden. And that's what leadership, that's what rulership really is. You and I were born to tend, to care for, to support. Here's a good word that describes real leadership, to nurture the world in which we live. Let me use what I think is going to be the best word to describe what I'm trying to talk about today and what I really think the Bible is talking about because we kind of think, well, I, I don't have a physical throne. I don't have a crown. What does he mean by rule? Is it about throwing our weight around or what is it? Here's what I think God was really saying in the context of the time. He was saying, I'm giving you responsibility. That word responsibility best sums up why man has been put on the earth. We were made to rule. You and I were made to carry responsibility. COVID happens, lockdown happens, our storyline changes, some people are furloughed, responsibility is whipped off millions of people around the world as it's like, well, I'm sitting at home and while, while some love it, some hate it, I, I don't know about you, part of my dream, I haven't been furloughed, but sometimes when it comes to the weight of responsibility in life, I sometimes think, wouldn't it be nice to just hide on a desert island, come on, think of it, work with me, white sandy beaches, turquoise seas, and just do nothing. You know, I don't know about you, sometimes I've had enough of responsibility and weight and pressure. But you know the reality? Without responsibility, you and I are boring and unhealthy. We were made to rule. We're made to transform the world, to subdue it with goodness, not with power, to subdue the world with goodness and kindness and bring about God's plan for the world. It's what we were made to do. If you ask me, what do I think your purpose is? I look at the Bible and say, he made you to rule. He made you to carry responsibility. So actually, you might dream of having no responsibility. It's kind of the modern era dream, isn't it? Oh, I retired by the time I was 35 and I did nothing. You know what? Nothing is going to make you more unhealthy than just doing nothing and carrying no weight and no responsibility. Why? Because you were designed to carry responsibility. You know, without pressure, your muscles atrophy. Without resistance and something that you need to push against, exercise, your muscles atrophy. I had to look this up because, you know, this isn't my specialist area. But listen, listen to this. The disuse of muscles leads to atrophy and a loss of muscle strength at around a rate of 12% a week. After three to five weeks of bed rest, almost half the normal strength of a muscle is lost. And while that's true of your physical muscles, it's also a great metaphor for life. Do you know, without pressure, 
we just don't grow up. And it's amazing how quick we lose our strength. So here's the core of my message today. This autumn, we need to find the responsibility that God has designed us to carry and we need to get up and begin to rule and reign and carry some weight in life. Why? Because life without responsibility has no meaning. And when we lose meaning, we don't have the the character and the fortitude to blast through the pain and the boredom of life and the difficulties. Because who knows that life is just sometimes hard, right? It's a slog. And so a bit of us would go, well, looking at other people's Instagram accounts, somebody somewhere out there is just doing nice stuff in life. But actually you were designed for responsibility. You were designed for health. Listen to this. I wrote this earlier. I think this will tweet. I'll have to tweet it later. Listen to this. This muscle wasting thing is a great metaphor. If you abdicate your throne and stop carrying responsibility and purpose, listen, it will leave you in nappies developmentally. It'll leave you dull mentally. It'll leave you insipid spiritually. And listen to this. It will leave you without reward eternally. Why? Because you were designed to carry weight. You were designed for responsibility. Uh, I've started playing squash with with Zach again. The squash courts are open. Hurrah! Little by little, we're, we're getting out of lockdown. And so we played this week and boy, well, I'm 50 years old, so I'm quite used to me gasping my way around the squash court. I've done it for years, clutching my chest, trying to get through a game. But Zach is 11 years old, but he's been out of PE and out of school for six months. He's 11 and he was gasping his way around the squash court like a 45-year-old. It is amazing how unfit we become and how quickly we become physically, but here's my point, spiritually, psychologically unfit when we stop carrying pressure. We were made to carry responsibility. It gives you meaning in life. Listen to this. Let me just work with your theology for a minute. Intimacy, your identity, your destiny and responsibility are intrinsically linked you cannot separate them. Some people behave as if I just want to be intimate with God, but I don't want to carry any responsibility. I now want to dance my way through life. I want a year off. I want five years off. I want forever off on a Greek beach. Listen, nothing could be more unhealthy for you. What we need to find this autumn is the new responsibility to rule and reign that God has given every single one of us. Intimacy can't exist without identity, destiny, and responsibility. If you're going to walk with God, the story of the Bible shows us this. He is going to walk you into responsibility. He's going to walk you into rulership. Wesley used to say, if I don't preach a few times a day, I'll backslide. Why? Because he knew to walk with God was to walk with a sense of responsibility. Putting your shoulder to the plow, Jesus put it, and, and, and moving forward in the things of God is what you and I were designed to do. Employers are a little bit worried about furlough, aren't they? That a lot of people will go, well, I'm really quite happy to keep receiving my money, but not do any work. It is not what mankind was designed to do. Responsibility makes you healthy and makes you powerful. So you cannot have true intimacy without it leading ultimately to a responsibility in God's kingdom and in life. 
So I, here's my question, and God put this to me, and he's put this to me several times during lockdown as I've prayed about how am I going to come out of lockdown and step into the next thing in God? And the question is this, so Jared, I've made you to rule, which means I've given you responsibilities. You have the ability to respond and make a difference. And so God turns around to me and says, so are you ruling in the places I've made you to rule? Or are you abdicating your throne and saying, let someone else do it. I can't take the pressure. I, I, I only want to do the nice stuff. I don't want to take responsibility. God looks me in the eyes and he says, come on, I died to give you power and authority. And that doesn't mean you just get to kind of play with spiritual sounding things. It means you carry weight in God's kingdom. Are you ruling where you should. At the end of this talk at midday today, I'm going to send out five more questions that are going to provoke you into discovering, am I ruling? In other words, taking responsibility powerfully under the grace of God for my life and the way I should be. Because I believe the way we need to come out of lockdown is as a church and therefore as individuals, taking responsibility for certain things in life. And that will give life meaning and that will make you powerful and healthy in God. Three areas where you should rule. Well, number one, over yourself. That's where you start, right? You start by ruling over yourself, over your own body, right? You've got to rule over the refrigerator when a little bit of comfort eating comes again. With me, what I need to practice rulership over is packets of crisps. Anybody, somebody put something in the... <laughs> Somebody put something in the comments. We, if we can't rule over a packet of crisps, we, we, forget transforming a region or praying for revival. We've got to begin by ruling over our own bodies. And even, you even know the battle of ruling over your own mind is your first testing place for taking responsibility. Not playing the victim card, not saying it's someone else's fault, but saying, I am going to learn to rule over my own mind and emotions. Some I know, even through lockdown, depression is up, anxiety is up. We're facing the challenge. Am I going to take responsibility for my own mind, even if that's a great fight against mental illness itself? I've been there, so I'm not without sympathy. I'm not without empathy. I totally understand. And every time depression has come against me, I have gone, I am going to take back rulership over this body and over this mind. And sometimes the fight takes days, weeks, or even months. But every time I take responsibility and rulership back, every time I get back, Back on, back on the throne that God's put us on, Lord with a little L, because he's the Lord with a big L, right? He's the king of kings. When we take back responsibility and go, right, no, I'm going to rule over me, over my, but I'm going to exercise. I'm going to rule over me. I'm going to control my, my, my unkind thoughts. I'm going to rule. Here's another one. You know what? You know what kings do? You know what rulers do? They pardon people, don't they? Do you know the first person that you need to practice training for reigning on is yourself? Have you pardoned yourself yet? God forgives you, but I can't quite forgive myself for not being everything I could be. Well, practice rulership by going, Jared, or whoever you are, <laughs> you're forgiven. You're pardoned. If we can't rule ourselves, forget ruling in the world. 
The second area where we've got to learn to rule is in our homes. And that might be you're your, your a parent. It might mean you're in, in a marriage or it might mean you're on, you're on your own in the home. But you have to rule over your finances. You have to rule over the space of ground that you've got to live in. You've got to rule over the tidiness of that. If you're a teenager and you don't own your own home yet, start ruling over that bedroom. Forget changing the world or the structure of society or injustice. If you can't make your bed yet, you're not ready to rule. You've got to rule over that unmade bed and that messy cupboard and learn to put things back together properly because it's taking responsibility. It's subduing the world with goodness and kindness and God's order that begins to express your rulership. And it's in that that you find meaning. Rule in your marriage. That does not mean being a harsh husband. It means being a servant husband. If the husband is the head of the home, what that can only mean is he's the greatest servant in the house. That's got to land for some people with a poor concept of authority. You exist to take responsibility, to take the blame, to take uh, the difficult decisions and work them through as a family. That's what leadership is. It's not swanning around throwing your weight around. Now, if we get those two right in life, this is the way the kingdom works. It's an expanding kingdom of responsibilities. If you're faithful with little, you're put in charge of more. So first of all, we learn to get in charge of ourselves with our diet and our exercise and our minds and forgiving ourselves and our shame and our fears. Then we graduate to a home and looking after bills and looking after gardens and dirty cupboards and making our bed. Then it becomes maybe I could have a little bit of influence in the world and this is what the kingdom of God is about too not just homes but in the world and that might be your job it might be some justice issue it might be church it might be ministry I think they're all ministry really it's all the expression of kingdom rulership we need to take our rulership and responsibility you're not just a teacher in a classroom you're a ruler in a classroom that simply means this subdue it with goodness and kindness. Take responsibility for the spiritual atmosphere of that class, of that school, or of that restaurant, or that shop, or that home mum bringing up kids at home right now. Take responsibility. It's going to give your life powerful meaning and it has eternal consequence. I'll come to that in a minute. What about us as a church? I often put it like this. What if we could take responsibility for, I don't know, 0.5% of the spiritual climate of this nation, us as revived church. If we could take half a percent of the spiritual atmosphere and say, right, we're going to own this. We're going to care and nurture and tend this. We're going to take responsibility for it. And then all of our friends across the country are doing the same. Suddenly you've got a move of God on your hands, but you have to take responsibility. An Old Testament way of saying it is you've got to marry the land. Don't just date the land. Don't just date your purpose. Marry it and take responsibility and express kind rulership and you will march into your future. The danger of a long lockdown and an interruption of our storyline is we forget the things that we're responsible for and we abdicate them and we hand them back to employers and we hand things back to the government. But church, God has put here to rule and reign in life, Romans tells us through his grace and the gift of righteousness. We've got to take responsibility, right? What if we could take responsibility for 10% of the spiritual climate in Holland East Yorkshire? Wow. 
And then all of our friends around the region, Vineyard and Jubilee and all the other churches, say Aidens and the, the guys in the West Villages and the guys in East Hull River Church, we love all of you. If together we could take responsibility, we'll do 10%, you do 10%, someone do 15, someone do five, suddenly you've got a move of God in your hand. But revive, it cannot come if we shrink from responsibility to advance the kingdom. And it cannot come if we abdicate the throne of rulership. We have to step into all that God has called us to do. Because as I said before, intimacy, identity, destiny and responsibility are linked. If you drop one, you drop the others. You'll find, hey, I'm just being intimate. I, I'm not carrying any weight right now. And I don't mean there aren't short repairing seasons in our lives, absolutely. But you were made for responsibility. If you've carried it poorly and suddenly you're scared of anything that looks like responsibility, well, listen, I love the saying, it's not the load, it's how you carried it that hurt you. We're learning to reign. We're training for reigning. We have to get back in the saddle. We have to get back into the place of authority and go, right, I'm not giving up on this family. I'm not giving up on this city. I'm not giving up on this street or wherever your sphere is. I'm picking up my responsibility and I'm learning to reign. Here's three things that stop us stepping into our responsibility in God. Are you ready for these? Might be a little bit challenging, but come on. Why do we abdicate? Here's the first one. You know, in the parable of the talents and Jesus, now the talents aren't giftings. It's, a, it's actually, well, it's, it's a unit of money, let's say, okay? And he gives five talents to one in the story. It's kind of God handing out units of money. So let's say it's like he gave 5,000 pounds to one person and 2,000 to another and 1,000 to another. And you know the story, the guy with five talents goes out, makes five more. The guy with two talents goes out, makes two more. The most severely punished one, in fact, the only punished one was the one who got the one talent and listened to the word. You can go read it this week, Matthew 25, go read it. The guy that had one talent turned around and he said, I knew you were a harsh judge, so I buried it. The first reason why we will not pick up responsibility is what we think God is a harsh judge. And we think this too, I don't want to be judged. Essentially, we go, I don't want to put myself out there because I don't want to be judged. But listen, disciple of Jesus, the whole point of being a disciple is that we rule, we take responsibility. We do put ourselves out there in the place where mentors and fathers and caring friends can say, hey, that's great, but there's also a better way. Hey, you're doing really good there. How can you improve? When we put ourselves out, out there where we can be judged. You know, public speaking, people think, oh, it's fun. No, it's not, it's awful. Here I am putting myself out there, live on the internet, stumbling through my words sometimes, trying to make sense, knowing that every brilliant theologian in Revive is gonna be picking apart my theology. We know when we put ourselves out there, whether it's to help on a rota or preach on a Sunday or go out there and try and do something in society that will bring some kind of transformation. We know, you know what? People are gonna be looking and kind of judging me for what I do. Listen, if that's your fear, let me put a greater fear in you. Jesus called that person a wicked servant. The one who hides responsibility away is called wicked. We shouldn't fear judgment. Actually, there's incredible reward in just getting out there 
and trying and realizing it's training for reigning. I cannot separate intimacy from responsibility. I have to begin to try and make a difference in this world. And that's where the adventure is. Don't worry about being judged. We'd never do anything. There's plenty of critics in the world. You can't run from them. We have to step into all that God has placed before us to do. Here's a second reason people don't step into responsibility. It's, it's this, this phrase kind of sum, sums it up, I suppose. I've already said it once, but here we go. Here's the second one. I only want to do the nice stuff. <laughs> do you know, if you want to eat a nice meal, you've got to be willing to wash the dishes. I, I don't know if it's the Instagramization, I've just made that word up, of the world where we think somewhere out there is this idyllic world where there are some people not carrying the weight of responsibility. They kind of tiptoe through the daisies, they've got lots of money, everything's rosy. Listen, Instagram is a con. Even I only put my happy memories on Instagram. Why? Well, you, you don't want to look a bit wet put in every sad moment on social media. That's not what it's there for. But understand, there is no life that is all nice stuff. Ministry is not just preach. People look at people like me and think, wow, I want to do that. I want to, I want to preach and have my voice heard and have my comments thought of. Do you know, this is 5% of this job. I like the way the Apostle Paul put it, right? He's one of our heroes of the faith. Listen to how he described ministry. This is 2 Corinthians 11. He said things like this. I've worked much harder. I've been exposed to death again and again. I'm constantly on the move, constantly in danger. Listen to his description of ministry. I've labored and toiled and gone without sleep. Verse 28 says, besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. And he goes on to describe what that feels like. Who's weak and I don't feel weak. Who's led into sin and I don't inwardly burn. In other words, I'm dealing with all my own stuff and then I'm carrying the weight of the churches. It's a burden and it's a pressure. And let me tell you, that's what ministry feels like. That's what parenting feels like, anybody. That's what making a difference in your workplace feels like. And I want to redeem responsibility today. Why? Because I, I, I wonder if, if we have our sense of rulership and responsibility and identity taken away, we will lose all sense of meaning. You can't hide in a desert island and, and have a great relationship with God. If there's, if there's a Christian on a desert island having a relationship with God, let me tell you what would happen. By the time you come and pick that person up three years later, they would have created an infrastructure. There'd be running water, there'd be huts, there'd be, why? Because there's something that God has put into the hearts of man. We were born to bring order out of chaos because we're made in the image of God. We're made for responsibility. My question to you today, is, are you picking up your responsibility or do you just want to do the nice bits? There is no nice, easy ministry where it's all about a little bit of public communication and playing with spiritual gifts. No, it's graft. It's responsibility. It's rulership. It's care. It's sleepless nights. It's concern. Pick it up. Don't let the weariness of lockdown steal you of your destiny. Life is about picking up responsibility 
and making a difference in the world. And I think when we catch it, when we, when we get a vision, we won't perish, Book of Proverbs says, right? Because if you, if you lose vision, you do perish, you become useless. When we get our vision back, when we begin to use all of our muscles to go make a difference first in us, then in our homes, then somewhere in the world around about us, then something powerful can take place. Jesus put it like this, anyone who shoulders the plough and looks back isn't fit. This is work. That's what the kingdom of God is, hard work. And I feel that as we enter September, October, November, I want to say revive, let us not pick up laziness from a lockdown. Let us get back to rulership and responsibility, to energy, to passion, to moving forward in the things of God. If we have to innovate, we have to innovate. If we have to do different roles, we have to do different roles, but we're here to make a difference. And I wanna tell you, it has eternal consequence how we carry or fail to carry responsibility on the earth today. This autumn, we need to become rulers again. Let me give you one more thing. So the first thing is that uh, we don't want to be judged. That's why we don't put ourselves out there and, 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 and join in and pick up responsibility. The second thing is I only want to do nice stuff. I just want to do the stuff I like. Listen, you're doing well if actually life is 50-50 nice stuff and washing the dishes, right? Uh, a lot of life, come on, somebody out there. Sometimes it's 90% washing dishes and doing the boring stuff and just 10% nice stuff. But sometimes that's what rulership is. We're in training for reigning. Here's the third one. <laughs> the third reason that we don't pick up all the responsibility that God's put our way is poor theology. Some of us kind of think, well, you know, I'm kind of working, slogging my way through this thing called work and, oh, I can't wait to kind of die and get to heaven and end up on some cloud with a harp somewhere. You know what? That is really bad 1970s Sunday school theology that you're going to die, go to heaven, land on a cloud and sing songs for the next million years or even worse, eternity. Nothing could be more boring or unhealthy than that. And it's really bad theology. Understand this. There are three parts to your life and my life. This part we're living Right now, we're here on earth, slogging our way through life, working our way through difficult in this, in this broken world, and yet experiencing something of the, the powers of the age to come as, as God touches our lives and we get tastes of heaven. And we're here to pray that kingdom into this world. That's the stage we're in right now. Listen, then what will happen next theologically is you will die. And that's the bit that's all about heaven. You will be asleep in Christ. You will rest in him. But there's a third bit. The third bit is where there's going to be a resurrection body and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Do you know what? You and I were made to work forever. Has <laughs> that cheered you up? Those of you that had a retirement plan by 65 and that was it, I was going to rest for the rest of my life. Then I was going to worship my way through heaven in a throne room forever. No, the Bible doesn't say that. You were going to come back to earth and all the signs of the scriptures are, you're going to have responsibility and rulership and things to do on this new earth. So listen, your work and responsibility, your sense of rulership and taking responsibility for life now will go on into eternity. So here's my question. Are you lining up your life now for eternal responsibility and rulership? We will carry reward 
into the future. The Bible is really clear about that. You're going to be rewarded for things that you've done and given responsibility for things that you've done. I, I get a feeling that when I get to heaven, I'm going to find that, uh, that there's huge sideboards and tables everywhere, all made of wood, big, thick, glorious wooden constructions. Why? Well, I'll say to Jesus, what's all this wood? You say, well, it's just a little something I picked up when I was on earth. I learned to do carpentry and I'm still up here doing it. OK, I haven't got any theology for that whatsoever. But what makes us think in such strange ways about the next life that we think somehow we're going to know everything? I mean, you're going to pick up that harp? Do you think you're going to know how to play the harp immediately anyway? You're going to have to go to harp class if you do want to play the harp for a million years. No, there are things that you are going to learn and carry and carry responsibility and rulership and growth. You're training for reigning for eternity. Here's my thought. Live now with a sense of eternity in mind. Are you carrying the kinds of responsibilities God, that God has put before you now that will carry you into an eternal future of purpose and responsibility? The Bible says things like you'll judge angels, you'll have responsibility over cities. There's all kinds of things that are going to happen. And it's all connected to responsibility. There is no sweet singing in the by and by. You're not going to land on a cloud. You and I were wired in the image of God. We were made for rulership. Can you imagine if God turned up and said, hey, I've decided that all I'm going to do from now on is chill. That's not God. He designs things, he makes things, he creates things, he transforms things because that's how he's wired. And it's exactly the same with you and I. Can you imagine if as a church we bought a plot of land and then you came back 20 years later and it was still just the same plot with nothing on it? You go, what have you done all day, right? No, you'd expect us to build and transform and make plans and change things. Why? That's the evidence that somebody's there bringing a transformation. We were called to carry responsibility in that way. You can't get away from it. We're called to carry responsibility. And so stop thinking that, well, if I just get through 65 years on this earth, I can chill and have a gap year and then get to heaven. No, we were made to carry responsibility. Let me just recap and sum up before I bring this to a close and Chris and Andrew can take over. Here's my thoughts from what I've said to you this morning. And I believe this mindset will help push us out of lockdown back into rulership, back into authority, back into grabbing our storyline and go, no, I'm here to make a difference in a home, in politics, in a business, in a city, maybe even a nation or a region or maybe even just your street. God's challenging you. Don't just live on your street. Be the pastor of your street. Be the evangelist for your neighbours. Take responsibility. If you don't want to put yourself out there and you bury your responsibility, that's who the harshest judgment is reserved for in the story, the parable of the talents. You've got to at least try to rule and reign. And maybe some of us won't get very far on this earth. I know. I remember years ago, my mum and dad receiving a prophetic word from someone and they'd just taken on leading a church. And um, the prophet came up and said, you know what? I know you worry about people and you wish that they were further on, but if they enter heaven wearing nappies, it's not your fault. Don't enter heaven wearing nappies. 
embrace the full development of all that God's called you to do. And let's try our best. Number two, if you only want to do the nice stuff, I've got a real simple message for you. Grow up. There is no such thing as, well, everything's just rosy and I never have stress. Rulership is responsibility. And just like the Apostle Paul, it comes with pressure. But listen, here's the great thing. It comes with great reward. Legacy is birthed out of responsibility, not out of fresh air, not out of something dropping out the sky and suddenly you're this awesome human being. It's responsibility that creates legacy and rulership. There is no just nice, simple, easygoing thing to do that has great reward attached to it. And number three, start living now as if your influence and responsibility will go on forever. Lose the mindset of, I can't wait to stop working. It's not gonna happen. You were born for it. Okay, adjust the load, do it better, become re-energized. But there is no such thing as a Christian as not ruling. You have to rule over yourself, over the home he gives you and any sphere of influences he puts before you. And if you can't see what they are, well, go find them. Just begin to increase what God's given you to do. Take responsibility for praying for the salvation of three friends, whatever it is, express rulership and you'll find all your spiritual growth is birthed out of that taking responsibility. Heavy message, right? (laughs) Anybody exhausted yet? Wow. But I think there's something in this that can be transformational. And so I'll end with this gorgeous scripture. And in about 10 minutes on Facebook, Twitter, and by email, you're going to get five questions to just help provoke you and nudge you into your rulership in life. But look at how Jesus put it in Matthew 11:28 to 30. He said this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Oh, that sounds nice, doesn't it? Now, the kind of rest he's talking about, though, is not a Greek beach, not for any more than a couple of weeks anyway, because the next line says this, take my yoke upon you. In other words, the kind of rest I'm going to teach you is how to rule, how to work, how to be responsible and still rest at the same time. I'm gonna, I won't take the load off you, but I will teach you how to carry it better and do it better than you did before. I think some people's lives aren't gonna be transformed in what they do after lockdown, but it is gonna be transformed in how they do what they do. And that's where the power's gonna come. I'll give you rest, he says, and this is how I'll do it. Take my yoke upon you. And that's the picture of a couple of oxen going through a field and Jesus is one oxen and you're the other. And he's saying, right, plow with me. I'm going to teach you to rule and reign, take responsibility and live life well. And he goes on to say, learn from me for I'm gentle. So this isn't a harsh message. This is actually a message that can bring meaning back to so many lives. I'm gentle and humble in heart. And here's the result. With a yoke on you of work, you'll find rest for your souls. Something in that. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not the load, it's how you carry it. I pray that as you go through the questions I'm going to release at midday, that you'll be provoked into ruling over your own soul properly 
over your home, your finances, the refrigerator, in your marriage properly, taking responsibility, but also where has God called you to rule in life? Take responsibility for your street. It might be. I, I can't tell you what the zones are. You must pray about it. Your street, your workplace, bringing up those kids at home. It could be church related. Everything is ministry related. Everything is kingdom related. Whatever you do as a job, if you're working in McDonald's for six months, God expects you to rule and reign in McDonald's and take responsibility for the spiritual climate. Why? Because you are training for reigning. I believe we need to come out of lockdown as rulers mighty, marching into the things that God's given us. God has given us as a church a responsibility to bring revival and stir up revival and stir up the kingdom coming. Let's take responsibility for that and let's let God lead us into something powerful. Let there be an autumn uprising as we march as strong people carrying the responsibility for the climate where God has put us.